In our first reading this morning, we hear the story of the death of Stephen. But if we go back a few paragraphs earlier in Acts, we hear the entire story. The story of a growing movement called The Way, which would be, go on to be called Christianity. One of the ways you lived into The Way was to go about performing charitable acts, such as giving food to widows. And the followers of The Way were indeed doing this. But charitable as these acts may have been, people were murmuring Great that you're giving out food, but you seem to be only giving it out to the Hebrew widows. What about the Greek ones? Love is great within a community, but that man who was the way, he looked outwardly, not inwardly. He fed everyone. Claiming a staffing shortage, the apostles quickly recruited seven people, seven Greek people, to assist them with this ministry. Among them was Stephen, a person full of faith and the Holy Spirit. We hear that he was full of grace and power and that he did great wonders and signs among the people. That outsider was making quite the splash, and it seemed that the way was back on track again. Except it wasn't. We quickly hear that the religious leaders were annoyed with the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. A familiar problem, someone loving the outcast and speaking with wisdom and power. And a familiar problem calls for a familiar solution. Fabricate false charges and kill him. A trial ensues and Stephen's defense is a simple one. Look at how you treated all the prophets. Look at how you treated the Son of Man. You encountered truth incarnate, and your response was to testify falsely against him and crucify him. You had a problem with all of them. You had a problem with Christ. And it's no surprise you have a problem with me. Not the best speech if you're trying to butter up the jury. In the verse just before this morning's reading, we hear that they became enraged and ground their teeth at Stephen. Stephen testified he saw the risen Christ standing at the right hand of God, and that was the straw that broke the camel's back. They chased him out of town and began to stone him. Just then, a mysterious man comes out of nowhere a man named Saul. And we're told that people began placing their cloaks at his feet. Some say this was an ancient custom to show your approval. 
an acknowledgement to say the punishment fits the crime. One commentator, though, was much more pragmatic. If someone handed you a baseball, he said, you'd take off your jacket so you could throw it better. People were that upset about this movement called the way. His final words were a prayer for life, not for his own life, but for those who are stoning him. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Do not take your life-giving spirit from these people. Continue, O Lord, to sustain them in your loving presence. And upon the conclusion of that prayer for life for those who were putting him to death, he died. It's a bizarre story to hear this in this season of celebrating new life. I can still vividly hear the brass from Easter morning. I can still see the bright array of flowers which adorned the altar a few Sundays back. But it seems we went so quickly from triumph to defeat once again. Perhaps the church in her wisdom chose this reading in the middle of Eastertide to remind us that Christ is alive, but so is our free will. As glorious as it was that Easter morning to bask in the glory of Christ bursting forth from the tomb, it's amazing how quickly our lives went back to normal. The reading from Acts this morning is a reminder that the way is not a comfortable place of rest. It's a dangerous journey. The truth in the end sets us free, but in the meantime, it can land us in prison. The life which we seek can result in our death. But our Acts reading also reminds us that the way, the truth, and the life always triumphs. It triumphed as Stephen entered into his dwelling place, which Christ had gone ahead to prepare for him. It triumphed as that shadowy character named Saul would go on to see the way, the truth, and the life and it would restore his sight. It would enliven his heart. And he would proclaim with boldness the good news of God in the risen Christ. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. This is our Easter joy. And this is our Paschal promise that Christ will be with us always. Christ will call us by name to serve those whom the world has forgotten and marginalized. Christ will walk alongside us and show us the way. And though we experience death, Christ will give us 
everlasting life. In artwork which depicts the risen Christ, you always see marks on his hand, his feet, and his side. That's our Easter story. Not an easy road, but in the end, a glorious one.